0: Every day, life is coming at us unbelievably fast. Our jobs, our mortgages, our kids, our pets, the commute to work, the social media that we're trying to keep up with, the news that's driving us crazy, everything coming at us so fast and so furious. Sometimes we just feel like we're drowning, like we don't have a strong foundation to stand on. We're trying to improve our lives, improve our relationships and our marriages, we're trying to do everything we can to be better but without that foundation can we really move forward the way that we want to in today's episode i got the privilege of being able to sit down and discuss that foundation specifically a foundation created by spiritual alignment my guest today is randy adkins jr randy is the author of produce on purpose a native of south carolina his experiences range from being a corporate consultant an ordained minister, a community leader, a distinguished Toastmaster, and so much more. Randy's mission is to inspire individuals to be leaders, change agents, and go-getters. In his book, Produce on Purpose, he teaches the reader how to experience a life full of joy, peace, fulfillment, and fruitfulness. Randy strongly believes that God calls everyone to be producers. I could not be more excited to share this conversation with you. So friends, are you ready? Three, two, one, let's go. Hey everyone, what's going on? I'm Mike Fancher and welcome to this episode of the MindFit Method Podcast. We are going to take a little bit of a left turn today in a way that we generally don't talk about a certain topic on the podcast. We talk a lot about mindset, productivity, focus, exercise, fitness, health. However, all of those things need a foundation. And I think that the guest that I have on today, because with me today, I have Randy Adkins. Randy is going to talk really about a foundation of spirituality that ties in perfectly with so many of the other things that we talk about. So Randy, I am so excited to have
1: you here today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, Micah, it is so great to be here on the podcast. I am ready to share some great information of really just how we can live this life and have that great foundation that you're talking about that aligns our spirit, soul, and our body. Well, I love that.
0: And Randy, let me ask, because you have quite a story yourself. You are the author of Produce on Purpose. And tell me a little bit, what role in the transformation of one's thinking Does personal and spiritual growth come
1: into? Yeah, the role of personal and spiritual growth is uh, extremely important in our lives, of really making sure that we can show up to be authentically who we are supposed to be. And what's important that sometimes is not given to us in our school or in education is that when we are who we were uniquely born to be, uniquely built to be, created to be. It's important to understand that you're going to start making those steps to being able to become better and then you're going to grow out of that. And sometimes those things are not shared with us. We are usually taught to conform. And I talk about that in the book as well. It's like it's like my first day in kindergarten, I was told sit down on this line, crisscross applesauce like everybody else. And that's my first memory of remembering, you know what, I'm supposed to be like everybody else. Otherwise, I get in trouble. That's one of the things I think we have to be able to divert away from and say, can we celebrate the uniqueness of who we are? And that role will then continue to allow us to grow into that unique person that you are and the world needs more of you. Every one of us has that unique purpose in our life, that unique building of who we are and unique talents, skills, creativity. And so that role is very, very important for us to be able to grow and really touch all of those that are around us. From that growth, especially personal growth
0: standpoint, Tell us a little bit about you. How do we get here right now to where you are? You're the author of an incredible book, and you really share some incredible insight on a topic that a lot of people, some people tend to shy away from today, but I think is so important. Tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: Yeah, I can say my journey, it really started when I was young, very young, wanted to learn how to do different things But I even talk about this one in the book. It's a story of me and my best friend. And we would go in his backyard. And in his backyard, we would just start to create these contraptions in the backyard. And I know his mom was probably like, what in the world are these boys building? But we would grab, you know, tape and um, string and tarp and all this stuff. And we would build these forts. Sometimes we'd be Star Wars. Sometimes we'd be playing, you know, other things that we're going to get. And we would build these forts all the time. And what I liked about it was that in my mind, we would come up together and we would come up with these ideas. And then we would make it real because we would start taking those ideas and we put our plans together. Sometimes he told me what to do. Sometimes I told him what to do. I kind of like that part. And then we would put it together together. And we had to also take it apart because his mom wouldn't let us keep it in the backyard like that forever. (laughs) But we would do that. And one of the things that came out of that was that an idea in my mind, in my head, could become something that is reality. And that also spawned as I kind of continued throughout life and uh, continued to move. And I learned to have skills to say, can I take ideas that are truly uniquely mine and creative, and then put them into something that is tangible in this world. And that is something that can happen. And it's just that most of the time, our imaginations and who we are, they begin to fade as we get older, because we were kind of conforming to what somebody told us we were supposed to be. But what if you had that creativity to continue to do that? And that's the question I continue to ask myself as I continue to move forward into all these different roles that I'm in. First of all, I'm a father. I have three beautiful children and my wife. and We've been married for 25 years. Enjoy the relationships that we have. I'm also a pastor at my church and enjoy being able to share the word and, and what that does and how that can change you and how that can transform our lives. And then I'm in STEM. I'm in the computer science world. And I am able to be a software consultant on a consistent basis. So I try to tie all of those things in together because what they do is they show me coming back to just an idea. So when I'm a programmer, I can take something that is just an idea, just a thought, just a requirement, and it actually becomes something that is well, we won't say software is always tangible, but it it is something you can use and you can have on your phone and you can do different things. The same thing I can apply to my life. And when I'm able to apply that to my life, I can become a better person. I can become that person that I was always born to be. And that's where this book came from. This book is a combination of all of those things, all of my experiences, and also who I know I am supposed to be in a written form to be able to share with this world so that you have that message that you're uniquely made and you're you were born to be a producer you're going to produce in this world that's an incredible story yeah. what's
0: interesting is your tie together from a spirituality standpoint and then from a software standpoint but you talked a lot about creativity and what i really was fascinated by was that if you think about i, I taught coding to young kids for many years And very simple coding, a lot of block coding for young kids. And at that age, everything tends to be an if-then statement, right? If this, then that. But what's funny is that I know, especially in schools today, STEM is so important and we're pushing STEM in a big way. But that world of if this, then that is not the creative world that we want kids to live in. It's not that unique drive To be as absolutely creative as possible. And I actually told this story not too long ago in another podcast, but I think it applies very well here. I'm not sure if you ever heard of Sir Ken Robinson. He did an incredible TED Talk called Do Schools Kill Creativity? And in his talk, he brought up a story of a young girl. And she was really struggling in school. She had a very hard time expressing herself. Mm -hmm. But what the teacher found was that she could express herself very easily through art, through drawing, through painting, through coloring. And one day the teacher walked up. They were doing some type of a drawing assignment. And she walks up to the child and says, oh, what are you drawing? She says, oh, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher said, oh, well, no one knows what God looks like. And the child said back to her, well, give me five minutes and I'll show you. (laughs) And that creativity is actually, unfortunately, what is often taught out of us, that just raw creativity. So you come in a very interesting juncture of the, to a point, rigid world of coding and software, where if this, then that, but yet an absolute picturesque mountain of creativity that's on the other side especially from
1: a from a spirituality standpoint yes and and what's interesting and what i have found is they actually are not separate items as we had been taught they actually can work well together and it's a lot of times our approach I also talk about this in the book. There are new approaches in software that actually apply to our lives. A lot of times we've been taught to figure everything out, go do all the research, figure something out and make sure you don't make any mistakes because you might fail the test. Well, that's not how life works. In fact, the way life works is I go out and try something, I fail, but I know that I shouldn't do that again the next time. And then I keep going out And I might not fail all the time. I'm going to learn something new every time. And what we call that in software, we call that to iterate or In psychology, they call it to be um, experiential. So if we're going to continue to experience something, then what we should do is we should go and do experiments. We should experiment, then we should observe, and then we will continue to grow and become better, and you will become more creative because last time I did this, let me think about how I can do this. It's still using a process to do it, and it's still getting you to an end where it's nice, But it's not knowing everything up front. And I believe that's how we're supposed to live our lives. And that's how we're supposed to be better producers in this world. And so I talk about in the book, I talk about, actually, I give an example of a lot of us were being actors and actresses and that means we're showing up in this world a way that someone else has kind of told us to show up Mm. or you might even rise to be the director but in the end you are still directing a movie of your life in a way that someone else is telling you because in the end the producers are the ones that are providing the resources they're providing everything And they are the ones that can tell, hire the director, they can hire the actresses and actors, and they can say, this is the dream that I want. And sometimes they're the ones that came up with the script and put the script in place. So if you can become the producer of your life, then you can put all of the resources and all of the support behind yourself to tie in both your creativity to make it reality in this world. And then you can then see something that is you consistently, but it's something that you should do on a more iterative way, a more experiential or experimental way that I believe sometimes the approaches that we had learned in education, we gotta try to let some of that go to get to a place where we're more free and we can be more of the real you that you're supposed to be. Reminds me of two things. One is that I just saw something the other day,
0: and it said life and school are in many ways the opposite. In school, you learn a lesson, and then you take a test. In life, you get tested, and then you learn the lesson. Correct. And I I think we forget that sometimes because, as you said, what school taught us was no, 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 you got to know everything going into it first, and most times you're not going to. Right. But the other thing that you brought up that was great it was really writing your own story or acting in your own movie. You are going to be, you as an individual, are going to be the greatest hero in your story, right? You're the greatest character yes. in your story. And if you look at most movie scripts that wind up becoming blockbusters in the movie, they all follow a very similar pattern. So you have the main character has a goal or a dream that's out there somewhere. Yep. And there's all these obstacles in between. So they overcome the first obstacle, but then they can't get any further. And what happens? And if you use Star Wars as an example, Luke wanted to get off Tatooine, he wanted to go and you know fight in the rebellion, couldn't get there. So who suddenly appears but Obi-Wan. Yes. And from that standpoint, Obi-Wan can take him X, Y, Z further. But then he hits other roadblocks that he can't get past. Enter Yoda. So you keep doing that. We love that story. We love that script. It's done again and again and again. I actually just saw a hilarious video on Instagram that compared Star Wars to Harry Potter and how similar the two stories are. It's just that one has a lightsaber and one has a wand. Yes. Uh, But we love this story. We love the way... Imagine how boring it would have been if Luke decided he wanted to join the rebellion, walked onto a star cruiser, a lightsaber appeared in his pocket. He went and fought. The movie be done, right? There's no movie. Yes. But in life, we quit so many times when that first challenge happens or that second challenge happens or we don't seek the help of the guide of our own personal Obi-Wan to take us where we need to go. So it amazes me that we love that story. We don't always love living it.
1: Yeah. And and you know that's that's interesting. That's the that's our typical hero's journey. And you you miss out on the actual learning and the growth that you need when you are not connecting back to the guide and I want to talk about that a little bit is that if we connect to uh, the guide or the source or the creator of who we are, then we can have our own hero's journey. We can have a hero's journey in our lives that we can have dreams, we can have goals, we can have aspirations, that as we are going along the path, we understand that there are going to be roadblocks, but we are going to be inquisitive. We're going to ask questions. We're not going to just meet Yoda and just say, hey, that's it for me. I'm not going to do it. No, Yoda, tell you're telling me something about the force Well, I don't understand everything that you're telling me, but I know that it's something that I need to know to move forward. And I think that's the same thing in life. It's like we get to these different spaces in our life where, yeah, you do want to throw your hands up and say, Man, I don't want to do this anymore. Whether it could be a relationship, it could be in your career, and you could be doing something that you feel is good, but it doesn't really align with who you really are. You've been doing it only for money, or you've been doing it only because it was something that was okay for your culture or whatever it had been put on you. And really, who you really are is a little different. And it's taking that courage and the hero's journey is always about courage. And I want everyone to understand that you do have courage. We all have courage. We can all take courage and we can all be able to take those steps. You've done it in the past, but you just sometimes didn't call it courage. You might have just taken a step and said, I'm going to try this. You said I'm going to try, but that's courage to be able to try something different, something new. And when you try those new things, then you find out, hey, I, I do like that or I don't like it. And I, I tell this to my son, he's, he's about to be 20 in two days. And when he's going to come up against a lot of different things that he needs to try it, you know, go out, try it. And you'll find out if you like it, if you like it, keep going with it. It, it falls in line with your gifting and who you are and part of your purpose. I talk about purpose in the book, and I say that purpose aligns in two ways. There's a general purpose that we all have, and that's to please the creator that created you. That's, you know, you should align with that. But then there's a second purpose, and it's more specific for each one of us. It's unlike anybody else. You have gifts. Every one of us has at least one, but you probably have multiple gifts that you know that everyone says, that's easy for you, but it's not (laughs) easy for me. And I've been told that. And I'm like, well, I can't help it if it's easy for me. But when you know what that is, you should be working in that area. You should be helping in that area. You should be providing service in that area because that's your gifting. And everyone doesn't have that same gifting that you have. And so you're able to then produce this hero's journey that even though there are obstacles, You're using your gifting throughout the process. And then you also find out places where "Eh, it's not my gifting. I might need to get some help over here. And this is where even producers have to get other people in line to create the movie. You have to get other people in line to help you with your vision. I'm not the greatest person to come in and tell me you want me to work the details. I don't want to work the details. I'm the vision person, I'm the guy that says, hey, I want to go all the way over here and I get everybody excited. And then I'm like, okay, uh, I don't want to be the one executing. So (laughs) if you know that, then you got to get people who can execute. And that's the kind of thing that I think we all can do. And that's our hero's journey that will help us all along the path because it it can be discouraging. Um, I've had many days where I felt like, oh, man, especially when I was writing this book. It took me three years to write this book, by the way. I thought I was done in the first year, but the the whole way that it was set up and aligning was not cohesive. So I ended up rewriting, rewriting, editing, rewriting, editing, working with my editors and my publisher and over and over and over again. And two years after that, I finally released my book. So you can believe there were many days where I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? But there were days when there were great—it was great creativity and I would write and knock out all kinds of things. And that's what it's all about. And that's how we get to places where we realize these dreams, these aspirations, and you have your own hero's journey. You've had it. You've been writing your story. It's just that a lot of us don't really align with that and say we have been doing it. You have been. It's just now, can you do it in a greater way of knowing, you know what, I can put these things in place. I don't want to work in someone else's hero's journey. I want to work in mine.
0: So many things I want to unpack there. (laughs) One of them is that I absolutely relate to you from the writing of the book standpoint. (laughs) And I remember the first half of the book that I sent to my editor. And here I am thinking, I just nailed my first book on the first shot, right? She's just (laughs) going to send it back to me and be like, 100, perfect, you you know, great. Yes, I remember receiving that first draft back, that first edited draft that she worked on. I've never had a more humbling experience in my (laughs) life. And I remember it actually angered me. I was like, I'm paying someone for this? This is crazy. (laughs) Like, I was so... And then I remember I had to step away and I came back and I'm like, okay, but there's a reason that they know what they're talking about. And yes, maybe you don't. So it's okay. That was a really tough that that was a very it was a humbling experience. There's no other way to, to talk about it. Yes. But in that hero's journey, you brought up the challenges and the struggles that someone's gonna have. You brought up the mentor or the guide, essentially, that someone's gonna have. And as you were saying that. It really made me think of how the phrase, and it is a bit of a catchphrase today, but it's one that I think absolutely applies here, is where spiritual alignment comes in. And using or harnessing your own spiritual alignment or maybe rediscovering your own spiritual alignment to be able to overcome those obstacles and also maybe seek out the guides that you need. What is your take on that?
1: Yeah, it's... Interesting, our bodies actually already have a system in it that lets us know where we are. I have a a chapter in the book called Listen to Your Heart and Really Not Your Head, because this is where we start to think about the dichotomy between our left brain and our right brain, or our creativity and our analytics is that many times the tendency, especially for me, was always to lead with my head. But when we think about our heart, our body already has ways of already letting us know when something's not quite right or wrong. And the example I always give is, if I'm driving down the road and I see blue lights that connect and they start going off behind me, the initial, is this for me or not? Your body reacted to what was going on outside of you. And there are multiple times where you have that happen throughout your life where there's a situation you're in and your body's reacting and you sometimes ignore what's there. But if we listen to our heart, and this is where we connect to our guide who I call God and is my creator, he already is giving you instructions on what to do in this particular situation. And many times it's going to be in contrast to what your head might be thinking. You're like, well, my head is telling me I'm not supposed to go and do this right now. But your heart is saying, no, you need to go talk to this person. You need to go share your story right now. And you're like, but it's not the right time. Your head is saying no. And so you have this battle and this dichotomy that's going on. But when we begin to listen to our heart, and I encourage everyone to uh, do some exercises where you just sit still and uh, listen to your body and the reactions to your body of in different situations. And when you can begin to feel, sometimes it's your gut, we've heard it called as your gut instinct, that is there for a reason. It is actually, uh, a, I believe, a spiritual piece of who you are that is many times signaling to us, Okay. I'm giving you, you're in a challenging situation right now. You don't know what you're supposed to do, but your gut is telling you this is what you're supposed to do. And it may not be an audible voice, but you already know. And that's when you can say, I want to go with the heart and what the heart is telling me versus what my head is trying to. Analytically go through, and a lot of times the reason why our head is in the space that it is in is because we might have had traumatic experiences in our lives. There may be feelings and things that we've attached and you know pieces to in our head that may not cause us to think quite straight in all situations. But our heart, I've found to to be correct in just about every case, especially when we're connected to our guide, to our source. To our Creator. And when we do that, those are kind of the steps to start. You start with connecting to your source, connect with your body. Then your soul is a part of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then your spirit is always there to guide you through out of what's going on and saying, hey, you know what? I've got this signal. It's really coming from a spirit. It's now my soul needs to align with what's going on in my spirit. And then I can then act upon that in this world with my body.
0: I'd love to shift for a minute to the world of leadership because I know it's something you speak quite a bit about. Yeah. Leadership, both in a spiritual and a secular context, usually requires certain qualities. What do you believe are some of the most vital attributes, especially in today's world, of a good leader?
1: A good leader is one who's willing to lead and not manage. And let me explain. A manager can definitely take care of something that's been given to them and shared to them. Leaders are the ones that typically have the visions and the ideas that they give to managers to take and do. In many cases, A lot of people have gotten skills on how to take something someone else gives them and manage it and uh, make it and execute it. That's a manager. You can do that. That's not truly leadership. When we look at true leaders, what are they doing? They are the ones that are stepping out doing the things that no one else is doing. And we know of many leaders that are doing things like what I just wrote in a Tesla the other day. We wouldn't have Tesla if it wasn't for someone like Elon Musk taking a step and saying, I'm going to try this. You have Richard Branson and Virgin and all of the things that he's been able to do. He stepped out on other things. They have managers under them. And so I think one of the greatest qualities is being able to have that courage to try new things that have never been done. And when you're talking about leading an organization, you're going to have to have a vision that is not like it has always been because you're now taking and leading to another place. And I will Caution, all leaders are typically in a place that's pretty isolating because you're the one that has the vision and you have to become good at communicating that vision to your organizations, to those that are around you. Um, Again, when I start to talk about your life, if you're the producer of your life, you need to be able to share that and communicate that in a way to get people to buy in to what you're doing and this is where the difference between a leader, they're going to share an information and inspire you. A manager is just going to try to tell you what to do. And it's the typical command and control. And they're not going to be leading from a perspective of, I should influence you. I should help you buy into this vision of where we are going together. And you should be a part of that. And being a part of volunteer organizations such as Toastmasters and Church for me has definitely taught me to be a leader from a perspective of influence versus a leader. When you have someone with a paycheck, I think it's a little different when you can say, hey, you can do this or lose your job. So um, I don't believe You know, that's true leadership. I believe in leadership we should be influencing and we should be removing obstacles as leaders so that the vision can continue to move forward. To build on that for a minute,
0: both leaders today in many cases and success as well seem to be vilified a bit today. And I know that there are times in certain leaders where That vilification may be appropriate based on what they do or mistakes that they make or something to that extent. But I feel like we're raising a whole new generation of young adults today that are kind of getting bombarded with this idea that success and leaders are not something to strive for. They're actually a little bit on the villainous side. How do we guide our younger generation today to realize that it's okay to aspire to be a leader it's okay to aspire to be successful and that you really you don't have to be a leader and be successful
1: and step on other people at the same time i believe that is probably one of the most important items to share with our our young people and i'll share that i've had conversations with my son he's leading and the president of one of the organizations at his school and I've shared with him because it's a volunteer, everybody's there that the being a leader there means that you not only are looking for now to do and make impacts to what's going on, but you're going to look for the future and the future generations that'll come or the next class that's going to come after you. And I believe that the key is that we should share that, Just because you see somebody successful that we can also separate personality, (laughs) there are personalities that are out there. However, their leadership and what they're doing and how they're doing leadership is actually okay, but it's the personality that you probably don't agree with. And so we want to encourage everyone that you want to have leadership and success, but have the right personality, the right connection again be that hero in your story to not step on anyone else but care for others and that really as i talk about in my book is that we should be servant leaders and as leaders when we are servant leaders that means i'm going to serve up i'm going to also serve within myself i need to serve inside myself. I need to serve out, and that means I need to serve out and serve others that are around me, and I also need to serve forward, and so that means I'm going to serve for those that are going to be coming along, and really, leadership is about service. It's about service to all, but you got to get your service with your creator first, get the service within yourself, then you can serve others. And a lot of times people are trying to serve others and trying to be leaders to others, but they're not right. We've got to get ourselves right, get our get that guide right, be that hero that you're looking to be, then you're able to help others, and then you can look forward. You can leave a legacy uh, that really changes this world. And uh, I definitely encourage our our youth to uh, continue to strive for that because that's what makes a difference in our world. I share with my son and my daughters, both of them, that, hey, look, we are in a space where we can change the world if we continue to be the leaders and also have the success, but we're going to care about others as we move forward. Very good friend of mine says a quote.
0: He says, Don't just be a consumer of content and knowledge, be a creator of content and knowledge. And I know you put a lot of emphasis on being a producer in everyday life, which is very intriguing. Can you expand on that? What exactly does it mean and how can it reshape our daily actions and our mindset?
1: Being a producer is where now you are going to take charge of your life and I explain that your life is can be think thought of as is we have this mini series on tv it can be a lot of mini little movies that you have you're going to take that from the beginning of the script writing all the way to the end of production to the world around you and as you are looking as a producer you're going to connect with your creator number one to get that script in order and you're going to get the ideas and the thoughts and You're going to sit in silence and you're going to meditate and you're going to pray about, hey, what am I supposed to be doing? What was I born to do? What am I uh, really uniquely created to do? And you're going to take that and you're going to say, you know, what resources do I need to make the dream and the vision of what I've been given to do to make that work? I'm going to now put and find resources around me. It could be money, it could be homes, it could be businesses, whatever. It could also be people that you're going to get around you that are going to that's going to support that vision. And as the producer, you're going to now get into production and you've got to produce this thing. And on a daily basis, you're going to wake up and your goal is to gather all of those people together to help you with your vision of your life. And you're going to put that in place by making sure you have the relationships with them. You're going to talk to them. And I encourage that I'm going to stop here and say, there are times when we lose relationships because we haven't connected with people. And man, don't we have so many ways to connect with people today? I'm able to get on my phone and see someone actually on video, connect with them. And tell them about your vision. And if they're aligning with your vision, then you're able to continue to move in your life. And then as you move through production, uh, there's a a piece where you're gonna have to finalize everything of what you're doing and for your dream. And you gotta get it all polished to you because you're gonna you're gonna produce this and you're gonna put it to the world that hey, this dream. Of mine, whether it's a book, whether it's a, a true movie, whether it's um, something that you have been has been given to you. Maybe it's a nonprofit that you've been given that you should share and be able to help others. I'm laughing because my 17-year-old, she's got a little club in her school, they call it a sneaker club. And they're gonna use their love for sneakers, and they're gonna share that to help and get. Other shoes for others that may need them. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. You know, that's you amazing. bring people into your passion, bring people into what you're doing, and then you're going to be more fulfilled because no longer are you just doing what someone else has given you to do, but you are now doing what you have been born to do. You know that this came from you. These ideas, these thoughts that you have had have come from a place in you that you were meant to carry out. And as you do that, you can you can also, if you need to have a job and you're doing something with someone else to continue to have your dream come true, you do that because those are going to be resources that are going to help you. But never, ever not be a producer in your life. You're going to produce something at all times, but you can help others in their pursuits as well. But you are going to be your producer and that your life can be one where you can have fulfillment, that you wake up in the morning and you're excited and you have joy, and that you can let go of some of the things that may have not given you the joy in your life. And I share that part because a lot of times we carry a lot of things with us. And in order for you to produce what you need to, you have to be able to take out and say, all right, everybody's coming to me, asking me questions and asking me to do these things. Leaders know about this. If if everyone's coming to me, I need to be able to quickly say, this is something I need to pay attention to. And this is something, no, I, I need to not worry about or think about. And it's the same thing in our lives. If there are things that you're carrying that you need to let go, you have to begin to start to let those things go so that you can produce the most beautiful things that you need to. Yeah. In the Bible, it talks about us producing fruit and some of the fruit that you would produce is joy and love and, and you know, that peace and impatience and, and all of these great things. That's the kind of fruit you would end up bearing as you produce. And it'll be just beautiful in your life on a consistent basis. And you finish one mini movie and you just move into the next mini movie and continue to do it over and over again. Different seasons of our life.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the MindFit method has always been about the connection of the mind and the body. Your concept of really connecting the body, the soul, the spirit is very profound. How do you believe this almost triad intersection impacts one's overall life and purpose above and beyond just what we do in the day-to-day?
1: That is important to understand is that alignment allows us to connect to this physical world in a way that we were actually born to actually do. And so I think about the spirit being a, a part in you that you did not create. You, it, it's always there. Every one of us has it, no matter who we are regardless of the actions we may have done in our body or in this physical world, we all have a spirit. Then our soul, where our mind, will, and emotions are, which is interesting, is this is the place where you get to make all your choices. And you get to really decide and really break down, do I listen to the spirit? Or do I try to allow my life to be reactive to all of the things that are happening in this world? And I will encourage everyone to understand that if everything that we have is really already in our spirit within us, then it's better for us to work in our lives from the inside out versus from the outside in. And here's what happens when we work from the outside in versus the inside out. When we work from the outside in you're looking and you're seeing all of the things that are happening in this world, whether you're watching the news, you're watching media. In fact, a lot of the things that you see happening when people are not actually communicating or actually being unified in what they're doing, it can be very despondent and depressing. And you look at all of the killings and the shootings. But remember, That's not the entire world. That's not what's happening in the entire world at all times. But that can cause us to be reactive. Or if you're looking at your situation in your life, you're only looking at what has been already done. And if you begin to think about things from the inside out, where it starts with your spirit, connects to your soul, and then you see it actually happen in this world, then you begin to say, you know what, what I'm looking at right now on the outside of me is part of what has been inside of me from the beginning. And now if I begin to move forward and I begin to say, you know what, I'm going to, I want to craft that in my life. I want to do that. I want to walk with that and make those choices that begin to make my life and make it different on the outside. And then you're no longer being reactive you're actually moving to a more proactive state and it connects between your spirit your soul and then your body and in the physical world and this is where you hear things like manifesting or faith and being able to understand that the beliefs that we have that there is nothing if you are connected to your god there's nothing impossible true nothing is impossible If you begin to walk with that and begin to understand that, and then it will show up in your life. It will show up in your relationships. It will show up in your wealth and your health. And you'll make sure that you eat the right things and your body will be better because you're no longer reacting to what's outside of you. And because what's outside of you, there's just so much that's going on. If I pick up my phone right now and look at social media, there's just so much coming at me. There's a lot coming at me in the news. But if I'm going the other way around, then I know that my life is going to have purpose. I'm going to be fulfilled. I'm going to be joyous when I wake up because I'm going to do the things that are really acceptable in my sight. And then I know I have also control to influence some of those things that are going on outside of me. And man, that puts you in a different space in life to be able to move forward that alignment connects us in a way that we could never really imagine before if you continue to be in a reactive state you brought up social media and the influence of all this massive
0: amounts of information that are coming in at us every day when i wrote my second book the dopamine intervention part of the reason for writing it was because i really truly had a deep concern for the effect that what I call this the uh, attention economy, is having on everyone today. And I actually try to take a scientific approach to understanding, to trying to understand and explain why the world is so divided today, why there's so much hate, why there's so much anger. When I tied it back to dopamine because when we constantly live in what I call a dopamine-induced state of bliss, when we're in that state all the time. And as an example, if you live in air conditioning at a perfectly air conditioned 66 degrees, everything's great, humidity's perfect. And you live in Florida and you're in that air conditioning for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for six months straight, never step outside. When you step outside and it's 90 degrees and humid, you're not going to do very well. Dopamine has produced that same type of comfort as the air conditioning has produced. And what that has done is it's lowered our resilience. It's lowered our ability to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. It's lowered our ability to be understanding that people may have different opinions than I do. And if they do, just because someone thinks differently than you doesn't mean they hate you, doesn't mean they're angry at you doesn't mean that they're wrong and you are right. It's just two different opinions. Yes, But I think, although I tried to find a scientific answer for it, I think a huge other component is that so many people today are struggling with the understanding and trying to receive God's vision for their lives. What advice would you have for someone That maybe is trying to discern this a little bit?
1: I would say the first step is to just slow down and turn off your phones. And potentially, if you can, get away out of the environment that you're currently in and go somewhere, whether it's in nature or if it's somewhere that you can just be quiet and for a while to just sit and listen. And the part that I'm talking about listening is that we all have a conversation going on in our head. If I say banana right now, you probably are thinking of this yellow and you can have that picture in your head. Everyone has that. And it's almost like I just did a mind control on you because I said banana. It's one of those things that we're having conversations in our head all the time, whether you are pulling in information or hearing different things. And what you want to be able to get to a place where you can sit and actually sit in silence. This is something that COVID helped me with because I was typically always going out doing a lot of uh, different things and I would move from one thing to the next all the time, not giving myself enough time maybe to actually process all of the things that may be going on with a particular situation. And so my first encouragement to anyone is to be able to connect with your creator, connecting with your vision of who you are, is slow down, turn off all of the social medias, and really try to get to a place where you're in quiet or in nature to listen to what may be being said to you that's not typical in what your conversations may be in your head. Because if you are constantly around people, constantly thinking of the next thing, which I used to be, I would um, take and write out plans. I'm a person who loves plans and the plan needs to work. And and if the plan doesn't work, then I've got plan B, C, and D. So that was my way of coping with if plan A doesn't work. However, that kind of puts you in a state of more anxiety. And most people don't see it that way. They were like, well, I'm, you know, oh, I got a plan B. That's not a big deal. But you had to create that plan B. And so that means you had enough of you to do that and thinking, slow down. COVID-19 helped me do this because at that point in time, we were all uh, just in our own homes all together. And I remember there were days I was just like, I need to get out of here. I just need to get out of here. And you're just wanting to do something. And sometimes it'd just be go outside and walk. But that actually helped me. And I'm going to encourage everyone as well that you can use that to say, you know what, every so often, I, I I say every day, if you can, I say initially start off with, if you only can do it for five minutes, do it for five minutes. But you want to increase that on a daily basis to sit down just with yourself and listen to all of the conversation that's happening. Just listen. Don't try to interject or change what's saying, but you can listen and watch what your head is saying. And after a while, if you sit long enough and listen to it, it quiets down. And at that moment, you can then hear those new ideas, that creativity, that thought, whatever that guidance is supposed to be coming from for a vision for you and your life. And sometimes you can ask that question to your creator, to your God, hey, why am I here? What was I really put here to do? I know I was put here to do something, to help someone, to make a difference in this world some way what am I here for? And you will get the answer. Every one of us has the ability to get that answer. It just doesn't come when you want it to come. That's the other thing. If you're a planner, you can't put this on the schedule and say, it's going to come when I do it the five minutes. It might actually come while you are in the most uncomfortable position. Maybe you're on a ride somewhere and you're like, oh no, I'm I'm actually on a a roller coaster, but I got this great idea. This is the worst time, but I'm going to remember it. It it can happen at any time, but it's because you finally sat down, started having that quiet time, those times of meditation or prayer that allow you to hear and that you are going to expect that. And this is important that you have expectancy to know that I'm going to hear from something that's greater than me. And as I hear, that's going to help guide me to my next steps. And I, this is where you have to start. If you don't start here, then you're going to always be just drifting away with the next big thing that happens in your life.
0: Your book, Produce on Purpose, touches quite a bit on experiencing joy, peace, and fulfillment.
1: What was your main inspiration behind writing it? The main inspiration was that I, I see many people waking up on a daily basis. I, I would get calls sometimes either from uh, church parishioners, even people at work, or uh, they're, they're having a difficult time in this life. Uh, they're waking up and they're not happy. They're waking up every morning and just falling into whatever they think is supposed to be right, but they're not happy with their life. And I wanted to be able to share some basic concepts that are have been shared in the Bible, that have been shared throughout psychology. There's research behind how we can live in a way that you can have joy every morning, even if your circumstances don't look the best at the moment. You could wake up still being joyful because you know who you are. You know what power you have within the inside of you. You have now taken the time to connect to something that is greater than you, that you can now be an impact into this world and that the world is not impacting you, but you are now impacting the world. We all will have circumstances that will happen. Uh, I talk about in my book where my uh, youngest brother ended up in a fatal car accident at the uh, very, very young age of 19. And that was a very difficult time for me to um, be able to understand. We had a pretty close bond and it hit me very hard in life. And I had a lot of questions. However, those circumstances had me to finally search out and, and grow and connect in a greater way to my purpose and why I was here. And sometimes out of some of those difficult things, we will have that, but not all the time. But we can know that if we connect with the joy, even when bad things happen, it can still be there. And you can have peace. And peace is one of the greatest things, if you have ever experienced it, that you can wake up in the morning and have peace about your life. That means that you are not thinking about all of the things that you have to get done, or all the bills you have to get paid. No, I have peace because I just woke up. I didn't have to wake up this morning. I woke up. Wow, I've got peace. I have peace to know that today, even if things don't go the way I want them to go, I'm going to be okay. Peace allows you to have that stability and that consistency And then you can also begin to understand what things in your life disturb your peace. And the things in your life that disturb your peace, you don't have to allow them to disturb your peace. I always say there's a saying that says, if someone, if you want to give them a gift and they decide not to receive it, who has the gift? Well, if I wanted to give you a gift of anger, and you chose not to receive it, the anger still remains on me. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I want everyone to understand that when they wake up in the morning, you don't have to allow everything in this world to change you. You get to change the world. You get an opportunity to make a difference. Even if it doesn't look right, I have also found this over uh, my small amount of years here, that as time has gone on, that everything changes, that no matter what I've gone through in my life, it was only temporary. And now you move into a different season and that those seasons can become better or they can be a different season and you have to transition. But even in that, you are in a space that you can make a difference. So you shouldn't have to wake up sad, but you can have joy, you can have peace, You can have happiness when you wake up in the morning and go throughout your day. It's a process, but it's just like anything else. If we want to lose weight, we got to exercise and eat right. If we want to have the best things in life, you're going to get the skills. You're going to get the knowledge. You're going to get the education or whatever you want to do. That means the question comes back. What do you want? And if you want to have joy, you want to have love, you want to have peace. That's what i had a passion to be able to share that message with this world because you have the ability to produce on your purpose and you can experience this life being really who you are you don't have to wear a mask anymore you don't have to put a mask on for everybody you can be you and you may have just
0: actually touched on one of the last points i wanted to get into today but i'm curious to see if there's anything additional yeah for someone who really might be at a crossroads in their spiritual journey. They feel lost. They feel disconnected.
1: What would be your message to them? I would say during the crossroads is usually there are a lot of questions that occur during that time. And it is usually a question about what do I have to offer? And understanding that no matter what we think about this world, that there is, uh, when you think about the the greatness of this planet that is just in nothingness, circling and continuing to rotate, and it has a sun that is out there uh, just far enough away to make sure that we have life, that every morning when you wake up, the sun rises, whether it's behind clouds or not, it rises, and then in the evening, it sets consistently. Any of those things could change all the time, but they don't. So that means that there must be something larger. There's no way this could just be happenstance. And I, and then if I go inward and I look at the body and how the body functions and how the body is able to heal itself and the things that the body is able to do, and many try to say science and Uh, spirituality don't mix. No, they actually align with each other because it shares with you and tells you that the science that we have, that your body, how in the world can your body completely heal itself? And all of the viruses and all of the diseases in this world that are going on all the time, your body adapts to that. That's kind of awesome. So when you begin to think about the that there's got to be a greater design, then that's when your questions of, well, then why am I here? You can then begin to ask those questions and listen for those answers. It will be uncomfortable. I I will say that it's uncomfortable to be in those spaces. Sometimes we call those areas in our lives the dark night of the soul or um, things where we are really questioning, man, maybe I've been lied to in this world. Maybe this, this world hasn't been what I thought it was. But that means you're on the brink of actually finding out truly that we are spiritual beings. We have more to us than just what many people are seeing here in this world that are fit in the physical world, that you actually have spiritual eyes and there's actually more to you than you ever imagined. You just have forgotten who you are and that's okay. And I always encourage everyone, don't condemn yourself over those things. Don't beat yourself up over that. And you got to let go of maybe there have been some traumatic things that have happened in your life and things that occurred when you grew up. You have to confront those things. And whether you need to talk to a pastor or a therapist or a friend or someone, have those conversations so that you can become you, the real you, the one that you were created to be you were born and put here for a reason. And we need you. We need you to do what you were supposed to do.
0: Well, our conversation tonight has definitely spanned a lot of different topics that amazingly enough tie together in so many different ways. Let me ask you, throughout your experiences, have there been any specific books, podcasts, resources that have really significantly impacted your personal growth and your mindset?
1: And if so, would you share them with the audience? Sure. There have been many books, and um, I will share just a couple of the top ones. Of The first one for me will be The Bible, the bestseller of of the world. That, of course, provides some um, basis and, and balance to a lot of what's going on. I've uh, done a lot of reading uh, books like Think and Grow Rich or The Richest Man in Babylon because I've always had ideas of what is it that this life is really, truly about and how we are to move forward. Uh, more um, recent works that I've looked at in had behind me is The Process of Letting Go by David Hawkins or The Untethered Soul by Mike Michael Singer. So there, there are some other pieces there, I think, that help us also kind of give us a connection to truly who we are and how we are to let go of what we are doing. Also, understanding of some of how, in the end, how all of the religions, if you really study them, they all have the basis behind them. I I can't go into it here, but they all have a basic basis behind them that we are spiritual beings, that we were created and that there's more to us than just this physical world. Where do you go when you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a great question. You know, you know, where do you go when you sleep? You do come back. So <laughs> definitely something, something's going on. <laughs>
0: Let me ask, as a final question, what message, what mantra do you live by that you'd like to share with the listeners as a source of inspiration?
1: My message is going to be directly from my book that you were born to be a producer, produce on the purpose that you were created to be, to produce on. And most of all, you be the real you. Do not be anyone else other than you. And you don't have to live behind a mask anymore. You can begin to allow that mask to uh, be taken off of you, live authentically, be true to yourself, and you will have a greater peace and joy about your life. And it'll be very exciting uh, as you move forward every day because you, you're going to reach new heights. You're going to see new destinies that you had never seen before.
0: Randy, this conversation has been fantastic. It is everything and more that I could not wait for today. All day today, I've been excited to have this. But lastly, where can our audience find more about you, your resources, your books,
1: and just to be able to connect with you for guidance on their journey? Yep. My website is randyadkinsjr.com. And there you will find more information about my book, Produce on Purpose, Experience Life Being the Real You. You will find information about my podcast, not as uh, mature as yours. I don't have as many episodes yet, but it's called Produced on Purpose. And you will also find events there, video. I You can find sermons or where I've spoken at, and you can have information there, a lot of content there. You can also find me on social media through my website. There are links there, but my typical handle is Randy Adkins Jr. And so you can find me on pretty much all the social media platforms as well. And for all the listeners, as always, all of Randy's links will be in
0: the podcast description. So make sure you check them out there. If you'd like to see more about the amazing things that Randy is doing. Randy, thank you so much. This has been so enlightening. I honestly am coming away today inspired. And I thank you for that. Thank you so much for your time. This has been fantastic.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate being on, on your podcast. And this has been fun for me as well. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode
0: talking with Randy as much as I did. Make sure you check out his book, Produce on Purpose. It's available on Amazon. So stay driven, everybody. And until next time.